Hey everybody, welcome to Keller Bear as a podcast based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. I am Michael, and as usual, I'm joined by Stacy, Trey, and Sean. This is the podcast where each episode we take a topic and go around the horn giving opinions you didn't ask for. This episode, we're talking movies, uh, specifically of the drama genre, uh, which is a, as we have talked before this, uh, is kind of a can be a catch-all genre a lot of things are, are you can consider dramatic did y'all have a problem with this do you have do you and do yes. you have any like stipulations about what you chose in terms of dramas of what is and isn't a drama i lean more into like mine i mine was pretty broad and uh, and i mean I, I to the point of like you know crime dramas um occasionally i would even maybe considered like a movie that might be considered a black comedy or dark comedy to be uh, a drama, dramatic in nature. Um, but, but for the most part, my, my kind of baseline was, uh, is a movie more or less comedic in nature? Are there more comedic elements in a movie than not? And if, they are, if there are, then that's not a drama in my mind. You that's mentioned crime mind. dramas. And yeah, I, I, I should specifically say that I... I made the choice to not include crime dramas just be just to for me mm. just to just to not do that because there's a ton and honestly part of me thinks that that could be its own thing so my list has no has no crime dramas but there are definitely a lot of crime dramas that would appear on my list if uh, i were I went real broad strokes. Basically anything that I felt like had a heaviness to it, had a weightiness to it. As long as, kind of like what Sean said, as long as the drama, the heaviness outweighed any sort of comedic feature, I don't think there's anything on my list that would even begin to have comedic feature to it. Maybe one, but they're all, I mean, I, I went, it's, as long as it's heavy and, and had a lot of weight to it and something you, you know, sort of stirred something inside of you, that's I went pretty broad strokes drama, crime, action, yeah, uh, suspense, all all sorts of stuff. Me too. Romance. Yeah, romantic drama. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pick anything that was like too action heavy, or anything that was like sci-fi ish. And I definitely looked fifty times to make sure it was actually a drama, and then doubted every single thing I picked. <laughs> so nothing else. Just. Search it on Wikipedia and see if it describes it as dramatic in any way at the beginning. <laughs> well, I swear, I mean, like, I did the same thing for some of these, and some of them, I mean, uh, it's something completely different anywhere you look, you know? Yeah. I, there was a couple that I, I did search to look for that title on Wikipedia, and it didn't say drama specifically. I was like, man, I don't care. I think it's dramatic. I'm going to conclude it. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all feel like you watch a lot of dramas? Yes. I don't think I watch a lot of, like standard dramas um like if i think about like i don't know gone with the wind or or i guess shawshank or something like that where it's like that's kind of what i have in my head as like schindler's list as like your kind of historical historically known as dramas or some of the best dramas and those are what i have in my head and and that's one of the reasons i think i went so broad is because i don't think i watch a lot of those 
I think I watched some of the, I mean, if I know it's going to be good, if, if it's been nominated by, you know, for a ton of awards or everyone's talking about it, I'll, I'll watch it. But that's, I think, I feel like that's one a year. So to answer yeah, your question, I, I don't think I watch a ton. I watch a lot. I prefer movies. I prefer longer and more heavier, more dramatic type stuff. And then TV, I prefer more like situational comedy type stuff. So I tend to gravitate more towards dramatic movies than I do comedic movies. And I, I try to watch as many as I can that come out when they come out. Yeah, I, I only ask because I, I, I feel like I often, and Trey, I wouldn't actually, I would not put you in this, but I, but I would say like a lot of times people I know, uh, the, the movies that they have not seen that I've seen are usually dramas, I feel like. And I also, I've, I've actually heard people and I, and I kind of understand this of just being like, man, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't need drama. <laughs> like, I don't need that. Like, I don't, when I watch something, like, I don't necessarily want to feel sad. Uh, I don't want to feel like intense emotion, like all this kind of stuff. And so uh, me being a four, I don't understand that. Cause I'm like, it's like swimming. I like to swim in that discomfort. I enjoy yes, it. It's nice. Yeah. It feels good. It does. But Do y'all consider horror movies dramatic or is that completely its own separate thing? Like is it comedy you, and drama and then subgenres? I, I mean, I think you can make a case for all genres being dramatic. And I do think there are some horror movies that I would, especially lately that I would consider dramatic because oh, yeah, uh, like you sure. said, I, I would consider like, Oh, this is heady. And like, this is, and mm -hmm. it's heavy. And like, it's about something um and so yeah i think i i think so the only reason i say this because uh i i watch a lot of those these types of movies but i watch them alone because becca hates them but she loves horror movies so i like to swim in that discomfort that that heaviness but um oftentimes i don't love horror movies because i'm easily spooked uh i am a i am an infant child when it comes to horror movies but the only way I can get Becca to watch them is if we watch, especially, you know, being growing up, you know, Pentecostal evangelical, especially when we get into the spiritual warfare type movies and Becca's like, oh yeah, I'm so into this. I'm like, yeah, it's going great. <laughs> Don't move. I, I'm not joking. When we watch movies like that and I have to get up and go to the bathroom, I make my dog go with me. Not kidding. See, it's funny. I have a different reaction to a lot of, if, if a movie like involves demons, uh, so like The Conjuring, uh like i watched that a while back like years ago whenever it came out and like everybody was like saying this is really good and it's really whatever and i was like all right like, I'll, i'm gonna watch it and because of my evangelical upbringing when it's like demons and stuff i'm just like <clears throat> because and i think it's because i know that i know that it, that there are people i know that there are youth ministers out there watching this movie going yeah yeah, how how could I show this to my kids so they can see? How can I do it? How can I show them that the devil wants to get them? You know, like, and 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 I think that's why I actually those are actually a lot of times those are a turnoff, unless they're saying something interesting about faith with it. Because I think like something like The Exorcist, I think that has a lot of very interesting things to say about what faith is and and all that kind of stuff, and the nature of evil too. Um, and it uses it uses the demon story as a way to do that. And I guess I didn't pick up on that with the conjuring when I watched it, but 
Yeah, I take a much more literal approach of I was always taught that those kind of movies were basically gateway drugs to the like <laughs> to the devil inhabiting your life. So every time I watch them, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even I'll look it back. I was like, I don't even know if I believe in demons. And I, I'm just terrified right now. I don't even know why I'm so scared, but I am because I could be wrong and the devil could be trying to get in my heart right now. Okay, see, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because that's different like, than like, because literally I'm, wrong, like, I'm getting possessed. That's where what's I, happening. If I where watch this I movie. came from, it wasn't like, don't watch this. Honestly, it would have been like, no, you need to watch that so you can see, so you can understand that it's real and it is out mm -hmm. there and it is trying to get you at all times. And so that's uh, interesting. That's a that's a that's two different fundamentalist ways of looking at a at a horror movie. Ours was it was the devil will possess you if you mm -hmm. watch that. Um, it is inviting demons to like inhabit your physical body and your home. It is a gateway. It was always it was always the statement that uh, demons can't possess you unless you invite them in. That's the only way in. And watching that kind of stuff and and listening to secular music yes. will invite them in. Yes. Oh, man. Interestingly enough, though, what you just said, I did have a pastor one time tell me that uh, I should watch The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Not me, a whole group of people that we should watch The Exorcism of Emily Rose, because in his experience, it was the most realistic depiction of a of an exorcism that he's ever seen. And we yes. should know what it looks like. I've heard that very thing about that movie. That Wait, was a big there? that was a big Christian evangelical horror movie. They loved that crap. I know Emily Rose. This is completely random, but speaking of horror movies, my daughter, uh, Ellie, who is five, she's been watching The Addams Family, like the old episodes of The Addams Family. She really likes them. And uh, I think I'm going to stop letting her watch those because today uh, I just, I look, she's, she's doing something with our dog, Max. And I looked over and she's basically playing soccer with Max, but it's a baby doll head. <laughs> and i and i said like okay no more no more adams a little, <laughs> no a little adams wednesday family. adams thing yeah. going on you don't know if that was from adam's family That's it was year. trust me <laughs> okay trust okay. me she she suddenly looked at a baby doll in a new way because in that show they're all like wednesday and pugsley are always doing things to baby dolls yeah <laughs> anyway I'm just joking. She can watch. She can watch it. That's I realize that I don't watch a lot of movies now because um, I have a severely ADHD child or a I don't know how to say that the right way. It makes it incredibly hard to watch any kind of movie in its entirety. See, people ask me how how I watch so many movies and like with two kids and all that. And it it legitimately I don't sleep. I love movies so much that I have, I make time for them like it is work, but it's work that I really love. And it's, and it's a nighttime shift. I don't have a, I don't have a child. Watch all those movies, Trey, live it up. Well, again, because Becca doesn't like them. It's usually when she goes out of town without me, I'm like, all right, bye. And then three days later, I'll have consumed 10 to 11 movies, you know, 10 or 11. Movies. Those were the good old days. Yeah. When you could just get up, just watch movies, and then go to bed, just mm. all day long. That was just wonderful. Who's going first? Did Trey go first last time? I think it was you, Michael. I think that's correct. I went first last time. I believe that's correct. Okay. So Sean, you go first this time. Do I have to? Yes. Or I mean, uh, I guess not. I mean, I don't think it's like you're not going to get 
arrested. Well, I'm su- I my I'm I'm just not terribly confident in Do you want whether me to I can first? whether I can convince where I can state that these are dramas. We'll are you going to change your mind based on what we say? No, no, I'm just I'm I'm joking about We'll see. We'll see if I'll go. Sean just keeps repeating my <laughs> picks. Yeah. Same. I also put that. That's uh, yeah. Same. Same. Same Mike. here. Cool. Same. Same here. Same here. Just, All right, I'll, scratches I'll go out. First. Bachelor party. I'll go first. You're gonna be like, I love the cinematography of George Bumberville. He's so beautiful. George and I'm like, Bumberville. <laughs> be like, I yeah. thought you were going like, to start with a real <laughs> character and I was going to be very impressed. And then you said Bumberville. I was like, George that. Bumberville. George Bumberville. You don't know. He could be a guy. The, My, old, the old Bumby touch. I'm gonna be I almost have no doubt that there is a George Bumberville God, out there. there has to I be. don't believe that he's actually a cinematographer <laughs> of which you're aware. There's no way. Let me go first. I don't mind. It's not a big deal. That sounds great. Thank you, Trey. I just looked it up. There is no George Bumberville that Google is aware of. Like so you her? just like invented a person. Wow. Like on a person. I, like I Googled it and there's nothing with George results. Bumberville on the internet. Where did I zero, get that from? Then? Zero results. That didn't come from my brain. Well, where would it have come from? I don't know. Your brain. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, am I okay, so who's going first? I'll go first. All right. I'm going to write down George Bumberville right now. Uh, the dramatic movie that I hate. We're starting with hate, right? Yes. Uh, the dramatic movie. So my list, uh, uh, Michael, you already asked this. Do you watch a lot, of, a lot of dramatic movies? I said yes. A lot of my list is, um, uh, I guess, shaded towards more recent things. I think there's two two movies on my list that are over 20 years old. Uh, and I think it's colored because those are just what's most recent on my mind. Uh, so the movie that I hate, the first one that really popped in my mind, it's because since I've seen it, I've hated it. And it's the most recent movie I've seen that I, I really just actually hated. I know we like to say, well, I didn't really hate this, but you know, I couldn't think of anything. No, I hated this movie. Um, I'll, I will, I will set a disclaimer of saying I thought the acting was good in it from most of the cast. Um, I thought the direction was good. Uh, I even thought the writing was pretty good, but it was a widely acclaimed movie that I thought was just a travesty that it was widely acclaimed. Uh, The movie that I hate is the 2018 version of A Star is Born. uh, Starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Um, I I don't think there was any problem with Bradley Cooper's writing. I really don't think there's anything wrong with his directing or acting. I thought Lady Gaga actually did a really good job portraying the role that she did. Uh, I think the song Shallow is really stupid. Uh, I don't find it super profound. I think Lady Gaga sings it incredibly well. I think Bradley Cooper is Russell Wilson 2.0 in his singing, and I don't find it appealing at all. I don't find the lyrics very deep or meaningful. I don't think it should have won Academy Award for Best Song. I actually think it's the second worst thing about the movie, the song itself, and yet it was super acclaimed. But the worst thing about the movie is the way it just glorifies what is truly deeply to its core, a horrendous red flag toxic relationship. I mean, it is, it is, it is grotesque the way Bradley Cooper treats Lady Gaga, 
and the way they sort of glorify this overcoming struggles, overcoming depression, overcoming all these things for the greater good of each other, only for Bradley. Are we, should we also put a disclaimer in here? There's going to be spoiler alerts, everybody. If you're listening, there's going to be spoiler alerts. We're, we're going to have to talk about the plots of the movie. To a certain extent, I'm not going to go so far with a, with a lot of spoilers, but well, I have, I'm going to give you, if you want to spoil, just, just say, okay. Spoiler spoiler alert. alert. I'm talking about the end of the movie right now because I have to, it's one of the things I hate about it. It builds up this horrendously toxic relationship where Bradley Cooper is this, uh, raging alcoholic codependent person who like vicariously tries to live out his dying fame through lady gaga's characters increasing fame she enables him constantly throughout the movie despite him being a complete jackass the whole time i mean the entire time and it all culminates in basically her being really famous and his fame dying and uh he finds out that or her manager basically tells him that He's holding her back. So his his result from, and I, I will say, it does, t- throughout the movie, it shows that he struggles with depression and things like that. I'm not minimizing any of that. But he's his- a, He's an alcoholic. And he's an alcoholic. But his, his uh, way of coping with that is to kill himself so that she can go on and have a better life. And basically, the movie closes with her doing just that. Uh, somehow because he has killed himself now she will have a better life even though she really deeply loved him and all sort of stuff but i mean it's it's just that is just the end result of what has been an entire buildup of just selfishness and toxicity and enabling alcoholism and enabling depression and enabling substance abuse and enabling codependency i mean there's just so many red flags and it's, it's one thing if you make a movie like that and you present it in a light of let's, let's be better out of this. Let's be better or let's just even be aware that this exists. But throughout the whole, te- whole time, not only are the characters in the movie enabling it, but the writing enables it as this sort of, you know, all of those things are romantic somehow, like coming out of that, like, oh, you're an alcoholic, but I still love you. We can still be this great relationship together, even though you're going to keep drinking. It's like, well, no, you're not only are the characters enabling, the writing is saying how this is a struggle that people who are in love should overcome. And Lady Gaga constantly to her own detriment does that. Uh, And yeah, it's just, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. And uh, and your your suicide might make for a great song. Yes, like oh my god, uh, she and and like ends with her like looking up towards the heavens, almost like thank you, Bradley Cooper's death for my fame. Thanks, pal. <laughs> it's like this is really disturbing, and somehow this is supposed to be a, like a romantic drama movie but you're glorifying all of the wrong things about real true romance and love and how couples should support each other and speak truth in us. It's, it's really bad. All that to say, I think Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga did a good job in the roles. I just think that it's just a bad movie that no one should be glorifying or loving. The only thing that I disagree with your assessment is that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga did a good job and that the directing was good. <laughs> Oh yeah, I thought the directing. Was I, good. Thought, I thought the I writing thought was poor. The movie itself was awful from beginning to end. There was nothing good about it. I I still am shocked 
at the at the people at the amount of people who love it yeah and i'm even talking about like film critics that i adore that i completely respect uh their their thoughts on film who love this movie and i'm just like are, are did i i mean did i see the same movie it's insanity to me i i and and my and jenny my wife is is the same like we watched it and about halfway through like didn't even get to the end yet but like halfway through we looked at each other like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen yeah. it is awful it's like it's 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 like a parody of that kind of movie without any laughs well even like at the very beginning when bradley cooper like discovers uh ally is lady gaga's character's name i can't remember bradley cooper's but he like discovers her in a drag bar and like she sings this song and it's like incredible and she's i mean lady gaga is a great singer uh it would i can imagine if you actually saw her in real life if you just like hear her singing in a bar you're like oh well she's she's got down why is that lady in the corner screaming really loud (laughs) but he discovers her and basically almost strong arms her into like a relationship with him gets her to come to his concert who where he's already this famous singer songwriter and like basically forces her on the stage and even though she's really shy and timid makes her sing in front of hundreds of thousands of people even though she's repeatedly expressed she's really really uncomfortable he just forces her hand and that's probably about 20 minutes of the movie i'm like this guy's a jackass he's gonna be a jackass the whole movie nothing's gonna change and he was right up until the moment where he hung himself in the garage and lady gaga became super famous because he died she went on the european tour because that's what he wanted all right, the movie that I hate, it won Best Picture in 2004, and I know that. It was in my head because I know <laughs> a shit ton about movies. Uh, just kidding. I just looked it up. It won uh, Best Picture in 2004. It is Paul Haggis's Crash. It is, it is a movie that is about racism. At the time, and I now to be fair, at the time, I don't think microaggression was a term that was thrown around a lot at the time, but this movie uh, would not know a microaggression if it came up and bit it in its ass because it is full-on macroaggression from beginning to end. Everyone in this movie is like ridiculously on like their sleeves racist uh, so it doesn't approach it with any kind of like nuance. It's basically just uh, the a version of like some old white liberal uh, like telling you that racism is bad and you shouldn't be racist. It's basically that for two hours in narrative form. And also, it, to be fair, this is also typically understood these days as something that like everyone was wrong about uh, in terms of it being good uh if you look up like times that the oscars screwed up this is almost always uh in the top at least three so there's a scene in there's a scene in the movie where matt Dillon's character who is a cop pulls over a black couple um and he basically basically molests the woman uh during the traffic stop like he puts his hand up her dress and and you know molests her sexually assaults her and 
Tandy Newton, who was the actress in that scene, like she, she like recently came out and said, and just in some interviews, she was talking about that scene, doing that scene and that she wanted to wear protective underwear, which is a pretty normal thing to do in those kinds of scenes. And Paul Haggis said, no, uh, you can't do that because I want, I want Matt Dillon to quote, really go there and be in the scene. (laughs) And uh, again, she was telling this in a, in an interview, basically like talking about the kind of crap that women still have to go through on movie sets. Uh, Yeah. I, I, so it's a movie that I hadn't seen. And and I also say this, when I first saw it in 2004, I thought it was great. I thought I was like, I mean, I mean, I was how old, Uh, not old. I was young, but I, I thought like, Oh man, racism is bad. I completely agree. Uh, and I and I thought the movie was great. I've since gone and back. I've gone back and watched the movie. I probably watched it like five or six years later, and I was like, okay, this was not as good as as it was when I when I first saw it. And then I saw it last year, or no, two years ago, uh, for a class. A class like assigned it to to watch again, by a very old uh, white woman who was trying to teach us about racism. Uh, And let's just say at the end of that course, I gave her a list of movies that I thought were better examples of the movies that she gave us. And yes, I'm that guy. But I was like, all these movies that you're giving us are old and problematic and are not nuanced at all and does not help us do ministry. Anyway, Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> that was definitely not in there. Uh, so anyway, uh, and I watched it, and I like I was aghast at how bad it was in terms of just how, in, again, just in terms of just how not nuanced it is in any way, form, or fashion. It is so on your on the sleeve. It is so overly dramatic. Everything uh, from beat to beat to beat to beat that I got angry at the movie for just existing. And so I'm also that I'm going to do this for each of the move, my picks. I'm, I'm going to share a letterboxd review uh, of each of the movies um, because I love letterboxd and I want more people to be on letterboxd. And, and, and so I want to advocate for letterboxd. And uh, this, this is a review from uh, Chris Carr one on Letterboxd. He says this, Crash would have voted for Obama a third time if it could. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a perfect example of, 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 yes, this is the old, again, this is the old white liberals idea of like what racism is and what we've really got to be looking out for. Uh, ignoring what what the what really is like the root of of racism and those tiny little things that that prick and and bring down you know uh, another person's uh, humanity. I yeah I hate it. Crash. I just saw this for the la- first time last year, and I now need to go rewatch it. <laughs> Because I, I have had all of the stereotypical reactions you said. So now I feel like I need to go watch it through a different lens. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. So, you know, that was my, my knee-jerk reaction was, 
that to see all the surface level of, well, these people are awful and racism is bad. So now I feel like I need to go back. Well, you're right. Racism is bad. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you're right. That is certainly a much more broad scopes argument you can make without many of the nuances of, uh, of that movie. And to be fair, like, uh, you know, I, and especially like at the time that I saw it, I was in seminary at, uh, you know, the most liberal uh, school in Texas, probably. And so like there, so I don't know, I don't know how, how to put this other than like my woke meter was very high uh, at that time. And so uh, I, I probably, it probably was such a culture shift uh, that I reacted even more so to it, but it is, but it, but, but it is typically like regarded. It's funny, like the way that critics will just be like, oh yeah, I, I was wrong about that. That's not good. Um, it's funny. I just, it's a funny I just remember thing. being obsessed with how much I hated Matt Dillon's character. That was really it. Yes. And he, but, and he gets, uh, uh, he, like he gets, uh, a kind of redemption in the movie. Um, I don't think I remember that. Yeah. I mean, he, he ends up saving spoiler alert. He ends up saving oh, yeah, yeah, Tammy yeah, yeah. Newton from a fire and like, and then suddenly his perception has changed, you know, like, Oh, this is, this is different. Like, and it's like, no, like you, you sexually assaulted her. Like now you've saved her from a fire and it's like, man i should rethink i should rethink how i treat women no that's like again if it were if it were something a lot more subtle with his misogyny maybe but no dude you pulled over a couple and then molested the woman that was in the car in front of her husband like you were a piece of crap and i'm not sure i like i'm not sure that you're gonna be okay down the line sorry (laughs) Like that's pathological. I remember watching that movie when it first came out and thinking it was great, but I never rewatched it. Like Same. now I'm curious because I don't remember. I remember like Sandra Bullock locking her door when a black man walked by. But that's all I remember of the whole movie. I remember nothing else. <laughs> Which, but, no, that, but it's fine that's... now. She made the blind side. It's okay now. But do you <laughs> see like the kind of like lazy racism? Like it's lazy yeah. racism of just like, oh wow, she locked that door when that black guy walked by. It, you yeah. know, it, it's wasn't uh who was her husband in that movie? Was it uh Brendan Fraser? Oh, was never it? mind. I was going a very different route. Never mind. It was Encino Man himself. <laughs> I was thinking of Jimmy uh from NYPD Blue and Dexter, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith. For some reason, is Jimmy Smith in that movie? Why did I think Jimmy Smith was her husband? I don't think he's definitely not her husband. That's Brendan Fraser, but I don't think Jimmy Smith is in the movie. I could be wrong. I could be forgetting, but I don't think hmm. he is. Crash would have voted for Obama a third time if it could. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is good. Also, a little Get Out reference there. <laughs> you know i would have voted yeah. for obama a third time if i could <laughs> yeah all right sean movie that you hate confessionally i know nothing about this movie oh no what <laughs> um it's a it's it's a romance movie and What's happening um, the movie that i hate the drama that i hate that i get i think it's I'm assuming it's a drama. 
is chocolat. Um, <laughs> the reason that I hate this movie. <laughs> when, I w- when I was in college, I worked at a movie theater in Abilene. And it was the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the cheap theater, not the dollar theater, but the cheap theater. Um, and uh, and uh, I, I, I had to do uh, theater checks every hour uh, on the hour to make sure the screen sound and everything was fine. And so uh, for a couple of months, I had to hear partial dialogue and score from that movie constantly <laughs> until one day I walk in and it was about to start and this and it was just this one man and a woman in the theater by themselves and the guy said can we have sex <laughs> can we have sex <laughs> like ask you permission yeah uh and I said I have to come back in here in an hour <laughs> <laughs> that the sound in the picture is good. So as long as you're not doing it then, I don't care. So uh, the movie that I hate is Chocolat. (laughs) You know what? That's legitimately the best reason I've heard so far to hate a movie. It really is. Because I'm pretty sure if someone did that to me, I would feel the exact... I mean, they could be showing you know, the most thoughtful, like introspective thing ever. And I would forever hate that movie because I'd always think of that moment. Yeah. So that's, that's why. I just like that. You know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yes, of course. Because uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that there are a lot of people just being like, give me two for chocolate. I'll take two tickets to chocolate, please. Uh, sir, you would notice that there is not an E at the end of that uh, title. It is chocolat. I'm also annoyed by the movies uh, Family Man, Blow, and Jeepers Creepers for similar reasons. <laughs> happened more than once. Not the sex part. Just having to walk in. <laughs> it's the same. To walk in. Same couple. Hey, man. So, can you do that hour thing again? <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. We both live with our parents, so this is awesome. <laughs> But what goes through someone's mind that they're like, yeah, I'm going to ask the movie guy if it's cool if we just have know. sex in this theater. I don't know. Who I don't know. That? It was Abilene, Texas. Stacey, it was Abilene, Texas, at the cheap theater where you really probably only would have two people in the theater at, at the same time, and that's it. It was very, no one, no one went to that theater. And I what? shocked myself on the marquee once. How many babies do you think were born because of that theater? Why I don't even want one? to think about it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with here's the problem with following down that that path is uh, is that the theater the concrete was poured in the theater in a way where there was a seam in the middle, and so anything that was spilled in the theater or released in the theater would would oh, would, no. would, would no, fall down like into one central. <laughs> So that's the movie I hate. <laughs> what were the What were the other movies? Blow. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers. Um, Family Man with uh, Nicholas Cage. Okay, Nick Cage. Yeah, I think is what he prefers. 
<laughs> probably We're, out of all four out of all those movies uh honestly jeepers creepers is the best one really yeah jeepers creepers is pretty good yeah pretty sure we had monkey bone there with uh oh my Brendan god Fraser. oh wow oh my god. yeah um jumping back there uh i can't remember what else we had three thousand miles to graceland maybe wow <laughs> how long did you work there a year oh yeah yeah Oh, 2000 man. 2001 i'll have to check the dates i may be i may be wrong about that about those movies but i i don't know anything about Shakola. i couldn't tell you who's in it johnny, johnny Depp. Depp. yeah oh oh really and i then, i uh, what's I for best picture i remember it coming out yeah. and i think that's why i think i i remember that but i never saw it i was never interested in it and I've not thought about it again since it came out until you just told the sex story that you told. Let's not call it. And the now, sex. And I now mean, I don't think I can ever watch the movie because I'll just best. think of that. I saw it years ago, and uh, I remember thinking like it is. It is pretty. It's it's just as hoity-toity as its name, as, as pronouncing it correctly yes. would make it sound. Yeah, chocolat, chocolat. <laughs> I have a hard time imagining um, someone wanting to make a like super artsy hoity-toity movie and being like, "Hey, you know who should get to star in it? Let's get Edward Scissorhands." He is kind of a pretentious dude, though. But he doesn't. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not covered in makeup in the movie, which is always a. It's always <laughs> shocking to see Johnny Depp playing like kind of a normalish person in a movie. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, is that what you really sound like? Did y'all see that Dior ad that he did? No, no. So he does a Dior. I was very up in arms about this. He does this Dior um, perfume ad. They have this like native fancy dancer dancing, and Johnny Depp like goes out into the middle of nowhere. And he's like camping and like getting back to, I don't know, nature. And they call the perfume Savage. That's a character in uh, Star Wars. It's got all of these like very native like tropes in it. And then they called the damn thing savage. That's ridiculous. That's, that sounds like a bad SNL bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the whole, the whole ad is like very um, like art, art housey, like weird perfume type. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty awful. I Sometimes I see those commercials and I see those ads and I wonder if any of them are intentionally over the top, tongue in cheek, like self-aware. Cause some of them are that crazy, that yeah. absolute batshit crazy. Like, but some of them figure like, yeah, you're just trying to be, you're trying to be artsy, but some of them you're like, this is laughable to the point of, are you, are you doing this on purpose? Like you're trying yeah. to be anyway. Like there's Fire no such thing rage. as <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. People are going to talk about it if we look absolutely stupid, or just making fun of the industry. Like, like somebody yeah. said, let's just be ridiculous to point out how absurd these are, and then people will go buy our stuff at Macy's because it's always Macy's, always. always Macy's, always Macy's. All right, Stacy, movie that you hate. I wish I had a good story like Sean's. Um, no, you don't. You don't. Uh, this movie I hate because it made me physically sick. The movie was so stressful. I was like 
My body was sore and I was nauseous after watching this. Human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) I still have not seen you. But that was a comedy. I'm afraid to look into human centipede, so you definitely don't Don't want to look look into into human centipede. (laughs) Don't do that. I was under under the assumption that human centipede looks into you. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, was it yeah. the movie or were you just eating cereal while you were watching it? Yeah, bag burps. <laughs> it's a real thing and it's only Cheerios. Um, the movie is Gravity. The Sandra Bullock movie. Y'all? Oh, Are yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure that it's like brilliantly acted and it's so pretty in space and all that. I was so nauseous in that movie. I thought I was going to die. Like we went and saw it in the theater and I've never, I've not seen it since because I was super, super nauseous. And I was so stressed out the entire time that I was like white knuckling the, the, the chair. I just, I couldn't handle it. Didn't that's so, that's, that's kind of like going, that's kind of like going to a comedy and being like, I hate that movie. It made me laugh so hard. I know. Yeah. I know. But I was I was super nauseous in that movie. Like I should have taken a Dramamine or something. Yeah, some people you go see it at the old IMAX. No. No. So it's just a regular movie theater. Yeah, and it's not the first time. Like I've I've gotten sick of the movies before. I saw that I saw that movie three times in the theater. See, it's probably great. I just can't physically watch that. I loved it. So stressful. Yeah. Fonzo Cuaron won like best director for it. But yeah, that I mean that's but that's again that's it's a it's a it's a thriller like it's it's supposed to be stressful. I now I get I get getting nauseous and being like I can't I can't watch this because like I'm getting nauseous. That I totally get, but it but I mean it's you're supposed to be. Like, I'm sure. It. That's the point. I'm sure it was too stressful for me. I cannot yeah. handle it. And I also should have taken a dream of me. Should have known. Have you ever been to the IMAX ever? I don't. Yes. Yes. Do you want to go? Frozen. 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 That was not at all what I expected. (laughs) I was at Disney Disney World or something. Have you Have you ever seen like found footage films in at the movies? Clover. I watched Cloverfield. Yeah. Oh my god! I was so sick. I had to leave. I had to leave the theater multiple times. And I thought I was gonna barf. Like I'm like dry heaving in the bathroom. And they made a sign of paper. <laughs> they made a sign some paper that it was like, you won't get your money back if you go see this movie. You'll be sick. And I was like, oh, I'll wow. be fine. I, uh, I was sick. So this technically was not a date, but like I I went with like I think it was like four of us, but I was with a a, a girl that I really liked and she got she vomited she got really sick like like halfway through the movie and like had to leave and the entire time the rest of the movie i was like do i go should i go check on her (laughs) i really want to see this though uh (laughs) i'm sure she's fine she didn't uh, go on another date with you, did she? And so that, well, no, we dated like exclusively later, which is interesting. But the, the and now they're married. <laughs> the uh, the yeah, I I I liked the I I, I wanted to see what happened, <laughs> so I talked myself <laughs> out of going to check on her. I I texted her, like, "Hey, you doing okay?" Did she like just go sit in the lobby and wait for you? 
Yeah. Again, it wasn't a date. It was like a group. It was like four of us. It was like a group thing. Here's my question though. It's, it's not IMAX. You're staring forward at a screen. You're feeling motion sick. Why, why don't you just turn to the left and stare at the still wall? It just doesn't, it doesn't take that much. And then once it happens, it doesn't stop. Like mm -hmm. I'll, I'll get motion sickness from um, being on FaceTime with like a kid when they move around too much and they do the phone. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding, I cannot handle it. Like my nieces and nephews know that if they wanna to talk to me on FaceTime, they have to physically sit down. And if they start getting up, I'm like, we're done here. I can't handle it. And I'll talk to them, but I will not be on the screen. Stacey doing a virtual children's moment, just <laughs> vomiting all over the place. <laughs> just can't it's too much for me i used to not be like that but i yeah i can't or like even in the car if i'm looking at my phone i'll get sick i have to take dramamine i'm also now imagining between the two stories uh stacy's vomit and that guy's semen converging yeah. in the middle <laughs> i yeah. did vomit in the theater yeah. a bunch just... of popcorn and diet soda at this, so at this rate, so like last time we had Stacy telling us about something that gave her egg burps. This time it's something uh, made her vomit. I, I feel like next time it's going to be like, uh, now the book that I hate, I, I, I really hate this book because uh, it killed my dad. <laughs> I just like to be really open and honest about my experiences. I like it. Um, for the record, Dustin and I were married, and no, he did not come out and check on me. He made. Oh, me I, I, with if it were gravity, I wouldn't have even texted. <laughs> no, no. Trey, movie that you think is overrated. This movie was two, maybe three years ago. Super high acclaimed. I was really, really excited about seeing it. Anticipated it a lot. Watched it. And spent the better part of two and a half hours absolutely bored out of my mind. Um, really, really couldn't fully understand why people were talking about it, why it was nominated for so many things, what the big deal about it was. Um, I'm so scared right now. Uh, I think it's probably pretty good. Uh, or not. Uh, it had good cinematography, and I think that was its only redeeming quality. Um, everything else about the movie I just really hated. Uh, the, or not hated. No, probably hated. But this one received a lot of acclaim that I, I, I didn't hate nearly as much as A Star is Born. But I, I was mostly just bored. Um, the movie, I think, is overrated. Uh, Dunkirk. I did not like Dunkirk. Mm. Um, I was really, really bored. Like I said, um, there was just too many lapses. You know, it's an action war type movie uh, with very, very little action. No, I mean, a singular character development and almost sort of these little nuances of characters that appear here and there. But otherwise, no real interesting plot development. Uh, no satisfying ending. Uh, but it was nominated for several awards. Uh, I think it was the... Every year I try to, I don't always accomplish it, but before the Academy Awards, I try to watch all of the movies uh, that were nominated for Best Picture at least. Um, and I think that year it was nominated. It was the last one that I saw. 
uh, and it was easily the most disappointing for me that year. But yeah, Dunkirk, I just, I don't get really the hype. I don't quite understand why so many people are high on it. There's just, a, I thought 1917 was a better war movie uh, that came out around the same time. Uh, I didn't say I thought 1917 was good. I thought it was better than Dunkirk. Um, but, and mostly that's just because I guess for 1917, I just love Kenneth Branagh and it's really hard for me to ever not, it's hard for me to just like anything that he's in. Kenneth Branagh was in Dunkirk, not 1917. Uh, maybe, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I've not re- reversed them. <laughs> I didn't watch Dunkirk because I thought it was going to be too stressful. Oh, no. I've reversed them. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. 1917. 1917 is the movie. See, they're so similar. 1917 is the movie that I think is highly overrated. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. I liked Dunkirk. 1917 was a very, very overrated movie. Yes. Sorry. You should include all of that. So everything I just said about Dunkirk, apply that to 1917. And everything I said about 1917, apply it to Dunkirk. Applied. <laughs> I mean, they're two World War I movies that came out within two years of each other, and they're both about the same length. Is 1917 a, blo- a boat movie? No. <laughs> Dunkirk is the one with the boats. That's an amazing question. <laughs> yes. Is this a boat I mean, technic- movie? Technically, in both of them, they're on land for the majority of the, but Dunkirk takes place on the coast, and there are boats involved sailing across the sea. I've got it backwards. I'm sorry. 1917 is my, no. Yes, 1970, which movie is my, 1917 is my overrated movie, not Dunkirk. 1917 is incredibly boring. has one of the One Direction guys? Dunkirk. 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 Okay. I've not seen 1917. 1917 is really boring. Not seen it. Uh, this is amazing. I uh, I considered 1917 for uh, for my movie that I think is overrated, and I I I agree with a lot of what you said just about it. I just it's it, it I just didn't think it was anything special. But I I think that what I what I did see it's always interesting to me, and this happens a lot. People will start talking and i mean like the general populace will like take notice of a movie Mm -hmm. uh and they'll start saying things like i mean it's so it's so it's so uh unique because like it it does this and like no movie's ever done that before and i'm a lot of times punching my dashboard because it's the ticket that's doing it but uh a lot of uh, you know people will talk about that and so like one of the things with 1917 was just like this this idea that uh, no movie has ever been made that was made to look like one shot, which uh, a, a little guy named Alfred Hitchcock might have something to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like it was like just a few years previously. Uh, this is a thing that has been done. Uh, is it cool? Is it like, is it a cool uh, gimmick? Absolutely. I, and usually I eat that crap up. I love one shot things, uh, even when it's, you know, obviously a cheat, that's fine. Uh, but I love I love like the maneuvering and 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 like what the camera is doing and the, all that. I, I really appreciate that. I thought 1917 was incredibly lazy uh, in the sense of just like, hey, all we have to do is like do the gimmick, and we don't have to come up with an interesting story or interesting characters or 
anything else because like look how cool it is um and so yeah i i also thought i i didn't hate it uh but i definitely thought that it was incredibly overrated uh when it came out and probably my least favorite of that year yeah, I, like I said, I, I thought the visual effects were great. I think the cinematography was good. I think it was effective at what it was trying to accomplish, but it's almost like they were trying to use that to cover the fact that they had no distinguishable plot. It was basically these vignettes of these things happening to this one guy. There was no progressive plot. The character himself was not particularly interesting or, or didn't really draw you in. Uh, and I, th- I think if that's what you're going for is, Hey, let's make a movie where we're trying to do this really cool, you know, is cinematographical a word? sounds like nope. it should be a word. If it's not it can be cinematographical, be. cinematographical, uh, cinematographical. type. Cinematographical. Cin- cinematographical. Cinematographical. Uh, cinematographical. That's not a word either, but if that's what you're going for, cool. But that doesn't mean that your the movie's not going to suck. It's great that you know how to do cool things with the camera, but also you should develop a good movie as well. And the movie itself was just really, really boring and dumb. 1917 is what I'm talking about, not Dunkirk. Yeah. A, a similar thing happened this year with Nomadland, um, which I thought was really good, uh, but not probably not as much as other people did um and and that's another thing i heard a lot specifically the ticket again uh because i don't talk to people really i just listen to the ticket uh (laughs) in these pandemic days uh so but but that same thing there's this junior would talk about it it's it it's this crazy thing where it's like the first time like anybody's ever done this where it's like they they have they have people in the movie here who they're not even like trained actors like they actually do this stuff and it's like again this is something that has been this is something that has been done since like at least the 50s uh this is not a new concept just because you are suddenly aware of it does not make it unique and does not also, make I it don't, i don't know how you're even just now aware of it sasha Baron cohen has made a lot of money <laughs> off of literally what you're describing yeah Anyway. I mean, his entire basis of fame is basically off that that idea. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. My grandpa texted me to watch that the new Sasha Baron Cohen movie, and I was like, "Grandpa, are you are you really texting me about this?" Like, I feel like grandpa's probably. Sh- I don't know. I didn't watch it. I don't really know anything about it. But the fact that my grandpa told me to watch it makes me giggle. I I really enjoyed it. And I was actually surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be a thing of like diminishing returns, but uh, yeah, it, me too. it it shifted focus, uh, obviously away from him to like this other character. And yeah. and I and I thought I thought that was really inspired. And yes, and she did do a really good job. Uh, it, honestly, there were times where I was just like, I can't believe she's doing this. Like I can buy Sasha Baron Cohen doing things, but like, this is just some actress from Romania or whatever. And so like, I, I was just like, what is she just the bravery of, of the things that she would do. I was just like, that's just amazing to me. But yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I should watch it. You haven't watched it yet. No, it's very good. You should watch it. Rudy Giuliani alone is worth it. Yes. 
and the performance he did on the at the that fair. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Where he almost got killed. Yeah. Have you seen the video of like after him, like running been, and he breaks yeah. character like the for van. the first time? <laughs> yeah. Him in the van holding the yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That man has so the biggest balls. The largest balls. He's recently said he can't he can't do it anymore. He's like, I can't I can't do this anymore because I have kids now. <laughs> and he was and he, he, he was like, I can't because I have kids now. And if I die, I leave a greater responsibility. <laughs> yeah, like how did dad die? I don't let's not go into that. <laughs> I really don't want to tell you, but your inheritance is going to be great because of it. The film that I think uh, is overrated, uh, I honestly tried to find something different, but I honestly, I'm not sure that I know of a movie that I'm more perplexed uh, by the love for it. Uh, and that is A Star is Born. Um, everything Trey said, uh, I think I've said before, it, 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 it reminded me of Walk Hard and not the way that you want to be re reminded of Walk Hard if you're a serious movie. And honestly, there's a, there's a reason that a, not a lot of like musical, uh, you know, biopic kind of movies like that, they kind of stopped for a while after Walk Hard because Walk Hard kind of eviscerated them. Uh, and I think A Star is Born is a perfect example of a movie that that, that Walk Hard eviscerated had it and it wasn't even, it didn't even exist mm. yet. So it's like, how did you do this? It's, it's ridiculous. This is the, 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 the meteoric rise uh, uh, is so generically done. Uh, it, it's like it, you know, again, like Walk Hard, just like, now here's some Grammys and oh, and now this and now this and yes. now that. And like, oh, you, and it's just, it's just ridiculous how it like, I get it. She's getting popular. You don't have to oversell that. Uh, but man, they oversell it. And Bradley Cooper, I, I don't know what he's doing in the movie. He's drinking. He, his, he sounds like Sling Blade. Like, he, he yeah. and and it and it's just it's the it's this real like I'm not going to move my mouth very much and I'm going to mumble talk for everything I say and I'm going to call it acting and I'm but when he starts singing it's it's completely different he'll go from this song that I wrote for whatever there's and we go and take it and go we'll from the top shallow and it's like what is happening what that's not the same person his perf I, I I don't know and I guess I think he was nominated um if I'm mis not mistaken and I I didn't think he was good I didn't think Lady Gaga was good uh, I think she was serviceable for like not being a professional actress uh sure but also she was barely a character. Like it could have just been a cardboard cutout of Lady Gaga and, and, yeah. and, just, and just Bradley Cooper carrying it around uh, because there really was no, there was just no character to her character. It was all focused on Bradley Cooper, uh, which is kind of strange based on what the movie is. Andrew Dice Clay is in this movie. That's just, I'm just gonna leave that there. <laughs> 
what is he? As what, what is he in the movie? He's Lady Gaga's father in the movie. All right, that's so, weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then also, like, one of the points of the movie seems to be, to me at least, this idea that like it's really hard to find uh, true like originality in art. And when you find that, you gotta, you just gotta like embrace it. And it's just such a special thing. This is a movie that has now been remade. It's the fourth time that it's been remade, uh, preaching to me about originality, starring the world's biggest Madonna ripoff. So I don't want to hear anything about originality from this movie and especially originality when it comes to an art form. And then, yes, I don't even have to go into all the problematic bs that that trey already wonderfully went into uh i I won't i don't have to go there so thank you trey my letterbox review comes from matthew yeah my letterbox review comes from the uh a one-star review from matthew roberts quote one star is born (laughs) (laughs) that's good that is good also uh just Andrew Dice Clay, but also Dave Chappelle and Sam Elliott are also in the movie as well. They've not been mentioned. Yes, and honestly, they, they're fine. I thought they were fine. Um, Sam Elliott, just because like Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott. But, I, but him as Bradley Cooper's brother. Weird, yeah. Dad maybe? It's not entirely believable. <laughs> I mean, that's neither here nor there, really. It's just sort of one of those one more thing. It's like I mean, I, did you just want Sam Elliott to be in the movie? I get it. I would want to be in a movie with Sam Elliott too. But is that really the only reason he's here? Because he's not believable as your white-haired, white-mustachioed brother who looks like he's 40 years older than you. Also, uh, I, uh, I believe I read somewhere where Bradley Cooper said that he based his performance on Sam Elliott, to which I'm like, okay, why then cast Sam Elliott opposite you in the movie that's a weird Mm. that's a weird thing to do and then like basically do what i could only imagine as a comic impression of him (laughs) that is not correct because even sam elliott will open his mouth when he speaks it's a terrible movie it's awful it is awful and people love it and i mean like love it love it a lot of that is just because bradley cooper and lady gaga i mean like people people love bradley cooper and people love lady gaga i like so bradley easy- cooper yeah I, did, I i love bradley cooper i i like lady gaga i don't love her i don't hate her um but be, they both have big fan bases and so it's easy for people to do that and there's this like inner desire in us like we're we, humans we're dramatic creatures we we create drama out of nothing and so to see someone having this like unrequited like beautiful love story out of this like super dramatic real world story, people like live vicariously through the movie that's why it is so toxic and red flaggy is because people are like oh that's so beautiful the way they still love each other it's like he literally hangs himself in the garage it's not beautiful. This is not a beautiful ending. <laughs> it is dark and it's suppressing. And it's even worse that somehow Lady Gaga feels better about her fame and fortune because of it. This is not something you should aspire to. Please, teenage girls of today, 
stop watching this movie. But again, I, I completely understand like the general public loving the movie. I get that because of those elements that you said, but I'm telling you, critics adore this yeah. movie. And I, and I just, and I, I read their reviews and I try to understand where they're coming from. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't see it I, at all. And it's really bizarre. Like it really is. It's a movie that confounds me. The only thing I knew about, about that movie before today is that Jason Isbell wrote a song for it. Yeah. Which song was it? Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know the actual title, but that's like the, that's like the chorus. I think I didn't, ha- I didn't hate the music in it. No. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't like shallow. Definitely. I don't quite get that I one, think you wrote that but one. a lot of the other stuff I was like, yeah, this isn't terrible. And so that makes sense of Jason as Isbell wrote one of the songs. Honestly, yeah. shallow is the only thing I remember from it. And that's not to say there was anything wrong with the other music or great about it. It's just that shallow affected me in such a, in such a deep, dark way that it's all, and just the acclaim that came with it. Yeah. Because I remember going to Academy Awards thinking there's no way that song's going to work. It's a stupid song. But again, I mean, it's Lady Gaga wrote it, sang it, produced it. It has that sort of weight. And I mean, award shows are as political as anything else. And so. And it's a perfectly named, named song for that movie. And The Shallows as well. True. That would have fit. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't can't, know. Can't believe they didn't think of that. I don't know where they would have fit it in, but yeah. Right as she's swimming out on the surfboard. There you go. Even the opening line, tell me something, girl. That's the shark singing to um, that actress from Gossip Girl. Blake Lively. Blake Lively, yes, yes. Ryan Riddle's wife, yes. Yes. Sean? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, the movie that... Uh, my movie that's, that's overrated is... Uh, I actually said Whiplash. Um, <gasps> I'm sorry. That's all right. We'll hear about it later. I really, I really like it, but I think it's overrated. Oh. Uh, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> interesting. I think it's... Um, I'm gonna cry. Oh, don't cry. Um, I think it's intense as hell, um, which is great. I love uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. I love J.K. Simmons. Um, I also like there. There is an element of 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 reality in the kind of like old school jazz band leader that is uh, abusive. I mean, there are like actual stories of of these old um, jazz band leaders, you know, throwing cymbals at people and, and that sort of thing, like in real life. Um, I, uh, I can't stand Miles Teller. <laughs> um, oh, really? I really can't stand him at all. <laughs> you know, he played drum. He actually played for a lot of the movie. That's great. Good for him. I can't stand Miles <laughs> Teller. Um, I think, I think if a potato could look confused, <laughs> I think it would be Miles Teller. He usually plays bad people, right? What? Yeah. I think if like a wadded up towel found a hustler in the woods and was caught by his parents, that would be Miles Teller's face. What? Jeez, I'm just this trying is to find r- ridiculous ways to describe Miles Teller's face. 
I just really don't like Miles Teller. And um, and I thought I thought the movie was good. I enjoyed it. I just didn't think it was as good as everybody said it was. Is this your music background ruining it? Like y'all ruined John Williams for me because you're a bunch of music nerds in college and y'all are like, John Williams sucks, you know. Did you not know that? I had never told you John Williams. Did you Williams not know sucks. that? He, he does, he sucks. He does copy himself. Were you not aware of that? Quite often. We but, are. Uh, we were aware of it. And Holst, he copies we were, Holst. We were aware of it. Our professor played us some music that sounded no, like John Williams, and no. so he sucks. That's definitely no, I, not it. My uh, the only comment I'll make about this is uh, Whiplash was on my short list for multiple other very different categories, and I might talk about it later in the podcast. So okay, again, I'm not saying I dis I disliked it. I actually liked it a lot. Uh, I liked a lot about it, but um, I just didn't think it was. I just don't think he's that great. I'm not crazy about Miles Teller. I don't. I don't mind him. I, I do. I do think that, like, in real life, like he's probably a douchebag. Uh, he just seems. I think I've read that actually. Off to me. There's just something That's about sad. him that I'm just like. I've, I've not read anything. I just. I just. Just based on him, maybe he, I don't know. I just. I don't know. That's very irresponsible of me to say about another <laughs> human being, but. Uh, his his I face. Bet, I bet he's a jerk. is uh, is very punchable. Um, I don't know anything face. about him, but his face makes me think douche violence. Exactly. Uh, I liked the rag in the woods bit. <laughs> Yuck! That was pretty good. Should have stuck with the potato one. No, they were both. That very one makes creative. sense. Yeah. Um, but no, I do. I yeah, I probably do overrate that movie. I def I definitely don't underrate it. So I, I probably overrate that movie. Just I I love that movie. I think part of it is pro well. I mean, you know, all, obviously this is all subjective, and I also think like the things that speak to us speak to us in different ways, and uh, because uh, of our personalities and all that kind of stuff. And I think that the movie, I think it I think it connects with me on the on the on the creative side of things because I I, I think that. I, I want to be a creative person. And so when, and I am very, very hard on myself, basically like trying to hit that perfection. And, and so I, I there's a lot about in that movie that I was just like, yeah, hmm. like cr the, basically like the creative process as masochism. Um, um, and I think it, I think it touched home. I think it touches home a little too close to me. Um, and then also I just, I think it, I think that final scene in that movie, I just, I think it's one of the most awesome thrilling and also like not unlike anything I've ever seen before, like between two characters in a movie and, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, the, the final scene, I get, I don't really care anything about Miles Teller. I don't want to talk too much about it. I don't, I really just don't care anything about Miles Teller. I, from what I've read about his preparation for the role, I respect that. The, what he did, what he put into preparing for the role, what he put into the musicality of creating that character. That said, my love for the movie has little to nothing to do with Miles Teller or his character at all. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Stacy, movie that you think is overrated. Um, so this is my second pick one. I did not want to make Michael mad. Um, and I wanted to keep being friends with him. And two, I didn't know if it was a drama, so I didn't pick it. My pick was going to be La La Land, mm -hmm. but 
it's not another another Definitely Damien Chazelle film didn't want to make you mad that I don't know he you. directed whiplash oh yeah yeah I didn't I didn't know that um so yeah. I I pictured the notebook which I believe is a drama, right? Sure. No, definitely. I would say La La Land is too. Yeah, I would. Well, well because it was a musical, I felt like it was a different thing, so I didn't take uh, it. I think it's Musicals borderline. Can be dramatic. It can be. Yeah, yeah, and I also think yeah. it's borderline musical. I don't know if it, you could go full-fledged <laughs> musical with it. I know. Yeah, it's it was it's so its own. Crazy. I feel like it's definitely musical. It yeah. was so hard. But it's if, different if more than, than like a lot of musicals. Like it, it's... There's it's a more than three times in the movie you break out in song and dance, and it's a part of the actual plot. But that's the thing. They don't break out in song. They break out in dance, yeah. usually. Well, that's why I said song and dance. Well, right. But I used, usually, when I think about musicals, I don't think about just dancing. I don't know. Maybe, I'm, I, maybe I haven't seen a lot of musicals, but I, I just, to me, I always felt like it, 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 uh, it didn't necessarily like fit into the generically like the generic idea of what a musical is i but maybe that's just me i don't know and there are no gay characters so i don't know if it can technically i don't know if it can be a musical i mean uh, you realize no, when musicals we're, were like we're really, really going popular, off on a right like <laughs> we're going on a very different tangent we should were, trust me there were no gay characters in the uh in like Hollywood the characters 50s. don't matter. The question is, are there any gay actors? And there definitely are, including those in the 50s. That's in really all that that's true. That's what that's really what truly makes it a musical. Is anyone in it gay? Okay, yeah, it's a musical. I don't think La La Land, though. You think there's zero gay people that appear in La La Land? Like, just okay. like just by the numbers, that doesn't make sense. There has to be there, are <laughs> there like, has to be gay there's people. Like one one black person in a jazz movie. In Los Angeles. Yeah, jazz artist. <laughs> <laughs> one. No, well, no, not one. There's multiple. There's one main one. And there's it's one John main Legend. one. Yes, there's one main one. One of her roommates is black as well. Oh, so we're up to two. But there's also several like so in, okay. in the back. There's right. only like five Wait, or no, six. No, I'm not picking Lawland. Let's not talk about Lawland. No, it's it's just it's it's like. <laughs> Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. I counted six. It's a good movie. This is Friends. Like, what is the like? What is the like? I feel like this is a weird kind of different kind of racism of like. I want solid I want solid representation in a movie about jazz set in Los Angeles. Well, you have to think that well, I was about to say there's only like five main characters to begin with. If you really look at the plot progression of the movie, there's That's not. True. And it's it's one of those movies where um, I watched it with Ollie in the room. And I cannot tell you how many times I had to pause the movie and go back to it. And it might have been a two day situation, too. Well, that, OK, well, that I mean, that's the movie's. Fault. Yeah. That's what? That's the no, movie's fault. That's I'm definitely my fault. I'm taking blame. Do you want to make this your choice now that we? I think you should or? because it's the not, notebook. No, I'm taking it. Yes. Yeah, you should. You should own your La La Land pick. I was expecting. Well, then it now anyway. I'm outraged that you would. Pick I thought this. it was highly overrated, but we have had this conversation where you both have been 
very outraged. I should probably watch this movie again at some point. I, I am more okay with Whiplash being overrated than I am La La Land being overrated, but that's because I sobbed watching La La Land. I know you did, which is why I didn't pick it. I adore them both. Does that soften it? No. Because oh. you did pick it. Now that we've said it's a drama. Also, you said you, said you didn't pick it because you didn't know if it was drama. <laughs> no, it's a drama. Oh, then yeah, definitely. <laughs> La La Land. I was, I was safely picking the notebook because. Yeah, don't go safe. Don't go safe. Go for don't it. Go, I told the sex movie theater story. Don't be also, safe. Also, Sean knew what he was doing when he was going to say whiplash. Like he knew how I was going to react to that. You're damn it's, right I did. Because he, he, he has never confessed that to me. It's That's true. Never confess that to you. If you did okay. say notebook, though, I would 100% agree. I know. Who likes the notebook? A lot literally, of people. Literally, Every no one appropriate, appropriately rates the notebook, though. No I was one about appropriately yeah, yeah, rates yeah. the notebook. It's like, who, like it's either Michael, underrated or who overrated. Who likes the yes. notebooks? Uh, pretty much anyone 20 to their deathbed that likes romance. Period. It's true. I don't it's know those true. people. Yeah, and I think because the women that you're around aren't like, they're not like romance. Well, drama. to be fair, my wife does like the Notebook. Does she? So, I think so. I'm pretty sure we own it. I'm pretty sure she owns the the a DVD of the Notebook, which doesn't <laughs> necessarily DVD. mean she likes it. But <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I wonder. We own a DVD of Chocolat. <laughs> just for the memories right oh also i should say to be fair i've not i've not seen the notebook so i i, I don't either actually i don't know whether it's a good movie or not seen it but it times. looks it's bad awful. you went to christian university and you've not seen the notebook you yeah. went to christian i've seen a university. walk to remember <laughs> same I've seen I've a done, walk to remember, but I've, I've not done seen that many song in worship before. I, yeah, I feel like the Notebook was just very pivotal in in Christian really? University. Yeah, it was it's, it's a Nicholas Sparks novel, right? Yeah, it was, it was very. It was like a very big deal. <laughs> I remember that with a walk to remember. I don't remember that with the Notebook. I know like, a, a lot of, of Christians people like I walk to remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was specifically Christian, like right. based or something. But yeah, yeah. I, John I would Ford say I know. Yeah. A lot of Which a lot like. of Christian people who liked the notebook, but I don't think it's because they felt like it was like gospel based or anything like that. No, no. I it think those like were just adjacent, I feel like or like housewives that enjoyed Nicholas Sparks. Yes. And just sexually true, repressed Christian university. Yeah. Novels. True love worshipers. Yeah. Yes. Have you yeah. ever gone and looked at all the posters for Nicholas Sparks movies and they're all the exact same? Like, are they so really? is, like literally so book covers? It's all, right. Like it's all yeah. holding, it's all like a man and a woman, like looking at each other and like one of them is usually holding the other one, but they're always like, it's, it looks, the, they look the exact same. It's fascinating. I mean, here's, it's why, I, here's why I can't corroborate that. I don't, I couldn't name another Nicholas Spark movie. There's a lot. I couldn't name them, but I yeah. but like I've seen them. There's a lot. There's at least four or five that have been made into movies. I didn't know until I had to stock the books at Books a Million 
thought you were gonna say i didn't know until at the cinema six in abilene we, now, we played all of the a, nicholas sparks movies i'd have to stock those books constantly and 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 so i was like oh that's a movie too yeah and anyway but yeah that, yeah Did, a lot of a lot of nicholas, nicholas sparks in caps at uh Probably. books a million I again they're all doing yeah. the same thing so it's like we probably shouldn't do this because this looks ridiculous right right across from the claude cussler end cap <laughs> did anyone ever come to the nicholas sparks aisle and ask if you could come back in an hour <laughs> <laughs> no, no no but no however that, yeah that oh. cooking section <laughs> there should be no however to that <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in the cooking section and this was nice, Stacey. We got a twofer on this one. Yeah, it's true. All right, Trey. Uh, drama film that you think is underappreciated? Uh, sticking with the recent theme and the musical theme, I think it's underappreciated. Not, I don't know how to say this. I think people who have seen it appreciate it. I don't think it is known. I don't think it's really well known. Uh, it was a Best Picture nominee this year. Um, I think there's a lot of people who still don't even know that it was a movie. Nonetheless, I've seen it. And some of that has to do with just movies are in this weird place right now where there's, they're all basically having to release in theaters and stream or pick one or the other. And there's a thousand streaming platforms. And so it's really hard to be aware of it. The movie I think is most underappreciated is Sound of Metal, mostly just because of its awareness in a, I guess a moment of serious vulnerability, uh, my greatest fear. I've actually, I've, I have an incredible fear of losing my hearing. Um, my entire basis of what I do is based on hearing. The thing I'm most passionate about is being able to use my hearing. Um, and I think they made this incredibly beautiful movie that captures some of the desperation and the fear in that. Um, and so I, I just had this really visceral reaction to watching it and i think that riz Ahmed did a wonderful job acting in it uh i i think it was just this beautiful picture i guess of what it means to make music the emotional connection that it creates between people in terms of him and his his love interests and how it connected them that music was how they they connected and even how music and his connection with his girlfriend basically saved his life in this thing and how he thought losing that losing that hearing losing that that connection would basically end his life and without giving any spoilers you know it's it's just this it's it's a really really great poignant movie that i wish had won best picture and i i can't help but wonder if maybe it wasn't solely on amazon prime uh, if it had had a wider distribution a wider release a little bit more uh awareness around it maybe it could have been more uh greatly appreciated my favorite movie of last year get on uh, my watch list i keep hearing about it i have not watched it yet same again that that's a movie that really uh that i really connected to just in the way i'm bringing up i'm bringing up ocd a lot but like the the idea like again the uh, obsessive compulsive disorder like it it, re it revolves around control and it revolves around not having control yeah. and so you do things in order to like maintain a sense of control and that entire movie is basically about uh letting go of control uh and letting go of the things that you cannot do anything about which is everything 
Sorry, I couldn't resonate with that at the end. Just going back to that, that deep sense of fear. Mm-hmm. Like even at the end, mm-hmm. I, you sense his peace, <laughs> but it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. There's a, uh, we watched it. Uh, I want, I've, I've seen it twice now uh, because before the Oscars, um, like it, I watched it before it had been nominated and after it was nominated, uh, Jenny and I try and we always watch all the nominated movies. And uh, so I watched it a second time with her. And uh, that time there was just this one, there's just this one instance where he's, you know, he's asked to uh, go sit in a room uh, and just sit there and, if he wants to, he can, he can start writing in this piece of paper that's, that's there. And he has some coffee and a donut, but other than that, he just needs to sit in that room and he can't handle it again. Like he's lost his hearing. He can't, he just can't handle just sitting with it. And he gets so frustrated in the room that he, he jams his hands down and just beats the crap out of this donut uh, and the donut just falls to pieces. And then he immediately takes the donut and pieces and like pushes it all back together. And I was like, oh man, that's such a good like visual representation of what's happening. And it's full of that kind of stuff. Uh, it is, it is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful film. And yes, I, I think, I think you'd be hard pressed to not appreciate it. My favorite of last year. Yeah. Yeah, Sean DeSacy, if you've not seen it, go uh, go watch it. Um, make that the next one you can see. Um, okay, I'll. I I really. <laughs> Bye, Sean. <laughs> I think you'd both really enjoy it. And yeah, I, really- I plan to. I plan to. I saw the trailer like two days ago, and I had never heard anything about it before then. Movie that I think is underappreciated is Mother. And that's with a lowercase m and a exclamation point at the end. Uh, Mother is a Darren Aronofsky film that came out a few years ago uh, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. I can't, I can't really go into like what it's about. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just say it's about a couple living in this house out in country. It, it kind of starts out with them getting some, vis- some visitors. Uh, but where it goes from there... Uh, is nuts. It's a movie that is incredibly divisive. People either hate it, like absolutely hate it, or love it. There's definitely metaphors at play in the movie. There's there's a crap ton of biblical allegories going on in the movie that I I loved. And, but at the same time, there's multiple interpretations about like what it can actually mean, like the themes of the movie and like what it's talking about. I would say the majority, the most, the most probably uh, obvious ones are uh, it being a, a movie about, about taking care of creation uh, and creation care. And also kind of similarly at the same time being about things like the artistic process uh, and what that's like, how historically men have used women as muses uh, and, and the ways that that can be like a vampiric relationship. What's up? Uh, a star is born. Uh, I was trying to think of a vampire. Movie. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, vampire mother. 
And so, so some of uh, some of the criticism uh, against the movie um, has been its use of metaphor, and and that's just a whole other conversation. That I feel like there's I feel like there's this 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 sense that metaphors are are inherently bad or lazy uh, writing, and I I don't agree with that. I think they can be really revealing and and helpful. And that's a lot of that's a lot of the kind of high end criticism at it. Uh, a lot of the low end criticism uh, I've seen is basically a lot of, uh, especially like on Letterboxd, yelling uh, about how it is misogynist. When my reading of the movie is the complete opposite of misogyny. Like what it's one of the things that it's doing is is confronting misogyny. And I, I, but man, there's a, there's a good contingency uh, of Karens specifically uh, who hate, and I mean like vitriolic hate this movie. Um, but I, I, I really love it. Um, it's one of those, like I said, it's one of those movies that can have different interpretations. Um, I showed it, I, I was so jazzed by it that when I saw it that the very next day I, I demanded Jenny watch it with me. Um, which is how you know I love something if I just immediately want to show it to Jenny. And so, and so she watched it. And I honestly, I was like expecting her to just be like, this is confusing and I hate you. But she, she loved it. And she had a completely different interpretation than I did that totally fit and totally uh, had worth. It's great. It's a, I, I love it. It's a wonderful little, little puzzle box gut punch of a movie. The letterboxed, um, I did not, I did not use one of the other letterboxed, uh, one of the negative letterboxed reviews, but there's, there's a, uh, one of the letterboxed reviews is from uh, a woman named Lucy. Uh, she says, kind of like a Charlie Kaufman movie, if he had a bunch of Coke and speed read the Bible. I've never seen it. I didn't hate it. I didn't get it the first time. Or I've only watched it once, but like, I didn't get it, which is not. it's not abnormal for me to not get something but it's like it's so much metaphor that I feel like it took me a long time like it took me some days and like I kept talking about it Mm -hmm. but I even think I talked to talk to Jenny about it because I was like what the hell's going on here but it is so layered that it took me like I I guess I see where those with the Karens were like this is misogynistic because if you're just watching the movie, it is, but that's not what it's saying. Like right. just on its face. Yeah. But and again, that, that's a whole, that, that also is a whole other like film criticism or argument um, in the sense of just like is depicting something inherently bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, because like shit, like basically should we like, uh, anyway, that's a whole other conversation, but I, I personally think like movies should be able to depict anything as long as there is a reason that is a good reason that's saying something of worth. And a lot of people disagreed with the worth of that. I feel like it's like, it's reading satire and being like, oh my God, they want to see babies. Yes. Like, I feel like that's the kind of response that would be. Like, they just didn't get it. Yeah. Or get any piece of what was trying 
what the movie was trying to accomplish. And Jennifer Lawrence acted the shit out of that movie. She's she's really she's really great. And and also Javier Bardem is also really good in the movie, and he's terrifying without ever being like overtly terrifying at all. Yes, uh, he's terrifying. Like it's a very unnerving performance. Yeah, which is interesting based on like who he's kind of representing in the movie. Do you think I was going to hate the movie? I don't know. Okay. I don't know how anybody's ever going to respond to a movie, honestly. When I first saw it, I, I almost immediately got on its wavelength because of the, the, what to me were the obvious like biblical allegories going on. And I was like, okay, this is okay. That, okay. Yeah. This is all fitting together. Uh, to me, he does that on purpose. Again, like a lot of people are just like, oh, we get it. It's a metaphor. But, but my thing was like, I feel like he does it a little bit more heavy handedly up front on purpose to kind of get you on some sort to kind of try and get you on the wavelength a little bit to where then he really starts like going full force with it. And just the, just the filmmaking in general, like the movie, the movie ramps like no other movie I've ever seen in terms of like, almost like a roller coaster kind of going up the hill. And, and when it starts going down the hill, man, it is a straight plummet for the final, like however many minutes. Uh, and it's, it's remarkable. I, I, I honestly, I watched it on mother's day because I'm a dork and it was mother's day. So I, I, I watched it. And then Jenny was like, Hey, what, uh, what did you, what were you watching last night? And I was like, I watched mother again. And she was like, Oh, and then she watched it later that day too, which she never does that. Like she doesn't rewatch movies. Uh, but she like really digs this movie and I, and, and I love that. So it's really great. Um, again, it is not, it is not something that is an easy watch, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, but man, I think it's a rewarding one if you kind of just let, if you just kind of go along for the ride with it. Hey, Javier Bardem is going to play King Triton in the live action Little Mermaid that's coming up, if you're curious. Cool. You just went down a really weird rabbit hole, didn't you? I had to look him up because y'all kept saying his name. I was like, who is that? And I saw his picture. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a guy from uh, Skyfall. <laughs> Again, a weird, like, yeah. <laughs> No country for old not, men. You would think no country for old men. Also, but, no but, country from old men. Also, but, yeah, he was in well, Skyfall. Yeah. yeah, Sean, drama yeah, film I'm, that you think is underappreciated? Underappreciated. I, I, this, this may be weird, but Logan, um, I think is a drama that's underappreciated. I, I think it's incredibly interesting. I think it's really complex. I think it's a really complex modern western. Really, you know, in many ways, and I, and I, I, uh, I really. I don't know much about like the source material of the old man Logan comics, but I, I imagine it's gotta be pretty close. Um, I think stylistically, because I thought it was, I just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was uh, very raw. And I mean, I think even from, from the trailer, you know, using hurt, one of the Johnny best Cash. trailers uh, oh my in the past gosh, like man. 10 years. Yeah. And it, and it, Such a and great it hooked trailer. me, it yeah. hooked me then. And at that point, I think, yeah, I was like, this is, this is going to be great. And anyway, I think it's damn near perfect comic book movie. And um, I wish it were in the MCU, <laughs> um, but uh, maybe, it will but yeah, I, I think, I think I say underappreciated because, because I, I don't, I don't have a good perception of what, of what other people think about it. Um, but I would imagine that it would, that it would be maybe sent 
to this kind of uh, like relegated almost for being a comic book movie. Maybe there, maybe there are some people that aren't taking it as seriously as it should be taken because of that or, but um, that's just my assumption. And so that's why I put it as underappreciated. I know it was nominated for best adapted screenplay, um, but, uh, but I think that's it. When I, when I was talking to Justin about movies, he told me that Logan should be on the underappreciated list. Oh, nice. Yeah. He agrees with you. I love that Very movie. Cool. It was me so too. good. God, it was so good. And for the record, I did name my son Logan. So since it came out, it has been on my to watch list. And I just there I just keep putting stuff above it. And now I feel like I need to go watch it because I've I've not ever watched it, which is really weird because I have this uh childlike obsession with Wolverine. Uh I get that, so yeah. much so that when I was a child, I had a screaming argument with my mom and brother that that Wolverine was X-Man. <laughs> like he he was it and everyone else was supporting and so i saw i saw x-men wolverine and the wolverine when they came out but for some reason the uh, logan has just uh, i just keep pushing it down but i need to watch it oh it's not seen it. bring your tissues then yeah if you love wolverine that it's much great. it's well, i don't like that not gonna watch it tissue situation <sighs> if i want to cry again i'll watch la la land oh god uh i recently watched that uh, a few days ago I, I watched the black and white version of it mm-hmm. uh, it's fa- it's fascinating how a movie can like feel almost completely different just when you take out the color mm-hmm. there's some, there are some movies that like that are like that famously uh steven soderbergh did a cut of raiders of the lost ark where he he took out the color and there's just some movies that just totally work in black and white, even though they're in color. Um, and I think that, I think that that's one of them. Like it, it really lends itself well to black and white. Um, and you wouldn't think it would, but it really does. And, and I, I will say in terms of like critical circles, like it's critically acclaimed. Uh, okay. And, and in terms of. That's take it back. Uh, one of the, well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I do, I do see what you mean in terms of just like, Cause I do, I do think that I honestly think that it would have been nominated best picture that year had it not been a comic book movie. Um, I think, I think that about that movie. And I also think that about the dark Knight. Uh, I think that the Academy is just too scared to do that. Uh, and even though I think both of those movies would be deserving of that kind of recognition, uh, I think they're afraid to do it. Yeah. I think when, when you're talking about the black and white thing, it's already like a dirty, gritty movie, and somehow black and white makes it dirtier to me, like grittier. Like there's some, maybe there's a contrast element to it um, where the dirt is dirtier, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it, it enhances that aspect to me, but anyway. Did you watch it that way too? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched it, the black and white version as well. I have not. I want to I do that now. They also did that with uh, Mad Max Fury Road. They released a black and white version of that too, which you also oh. think wouldn't work very well, but huh. it's awesome. Probably a similar. I think they're going to do the same thing uh, with Zack Snyder's going to re- release a second. Uh, it's going to be I an honestly, hour well. I, I'm surprised that just so they didn't have to spend the money on the color correction, he was like, my original intention was for this to be in black and white. Uh, and so that's why it's in black and white, I swear. 
going to be five hours and 15 minutes this time. Have you heard the, the term metaforaging? No. It's where you, you, you essentially like you go into a piece of art or um, uh, just some creative outlet and you forage for a metaphor. Like you basically create a metaphor for what's already existed that maybe wasn't there. Maybe, maybe tried to instill some intentionality after the fact. I don't know anything about it. I heard the word today. That's all I know. Um, but I'm, I'm just intrigued by it. But that would be, I think, an instance where it would be used. I don't know. Zack Snyder strikes me as someone who is like, like, an, like a villain in the, in the metaphoraging world where he does that exact same thing, but to the detriment of art. <laughs> he notices something unintentional and is like, oh, I can yeah. make something of that. I can, definitely, I can definitely make that look like it was on purpose. Like somebody being like, uh, Mr. Snyder, what, did you do this be, uh, in order to talk about like this issue? And him being like, yeah. Yes. I did. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. That's exactly right. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you for knowing that. Let me quote Ayn Rand. Uh, I think he loves Ayn Rand and I, Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand. Yeah. yeah. It's of, Ayn Rand. He's, he's one, sure of those, Aunt Rand. one of those. One of those. Ayn Rand. <laughs> All right, Stacey, drama film that you think is underappreciated. I think that this film is underappreciated because I rarely meet people who have ever seen it. Um, it is a staple of my childhood. And um, we're about to get the Stacy left turn. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? There's always a Stacy left turn. It's just like, what? I've like, it usually what? involves a staple from her childhood. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know about government milk. <laughs> Those bastards never gave us milk tray. Cheese. <laughs> oh, government cheese. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Clearly, you're not listening. Um, I want to. If I wish we had a Peter King, so we could say, "Can you cut that for Peter King?" Those <laughs> yeah. bastards never gave us milk. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this movie is. It's really like it's like seedy and gritty. It's about these boys, um, who are like, like, <laughs> what are you laughing about? I'm so, I, I just need a second to get over those bastards. Never gave us milk. That's well, and I'm thinking of any. I'm thinking like what this is gonna be. Me too. I was good. Yeah. Good. Like it's called "Remember the Titans." <laughs> <laughs> About these boys, they're gritty. Okay. Well, one of them is like Goonies. Just like really small. <laughs> in this really small town and like the leader of the group has to move away Footloose. do you know the title <laughs> of the movie yeah do you want me to tell it to you let me explain the plot first and then I'll, i'm having fun guessing okay all right i'll tell it to you right. trey does a really good job of this like cliffhanger thing where you don't know what movie it is and then when he says it you're like oh that's what i was going i was trying to copy trey he does do that yeah he's really good at it too he like hooks you in he does so okay. He does hook you in. <laughs> so Pete is like the leader of this gang and he has to move away to Chicago and live with his aunt because it's like, there's, I don't remember what happens, but they, he has to like, <laughs> stop. He has to go live there in Chicago for a while. And then he gets into a real gang and they <laughs> wear two rags and like 
it's really gritty and then he comes back to his hometown and he does shenanigans and like his best friend's name is Scott and Scott has to like ask <laughs> sorry Scott has to like really try to figure out what's wrong with Pete it's just really heartwarming and touching and um this movie was released by um hold on I wrote it down because I don't want to get it wrong Family feature films in 1992, and it's called The Buttercream Gang. And it's just, oh. it's just a really good movie. There's your left turn. Stacy left turn. <laughs> I love it. The Buttercream Gang? I didn't want to laugh. I haven't practiced. So when you say gang, it's an actual. You're not, you're, we're not talking like the Crips. <laughs> Right? right no pete, you're talking uh, like the sugar creek gang or the boxcar no, children no pete, pete joins a gang in chicago a real a gang. gang he joins the crips he killed a guy they the... steal things and they wear do rags <laughs> wait hold on i'm so i'm pretty sure i saw this so I, I pulled it up real quick uh here's the initial just the one line description a gang of do-gooders <laughs> Oh, no. Do-gooders. Refuses to give up on an old friend who falls in with a bad crowd. A real gang. A gang of do-gooders. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's Mandela Effect because you've been talking about it. But I swear, I'm, I remember this movie from my childhood. Ray, knowing the things I know about your growing up, there's no way you didn't see this movie. The Buttercream Gang sounds uncomfortably familiar. Yeah, there's no way you didn't see this that movie. Was something else. There's like a there's a widow that falls, and they're like old widow Jenkins, <laughs> <laughs> and so they like stop baseball oh practice, God. and these kids go save old widow Jenkins. It happens multiple times. So multiple you know times. Why, why is she falling? The baseball coach is just like, okay, give her a life alert, and let's be done with it. <laughs> they all so go. Yeah. and they like climb through a window and it's like i don't know um so you know how when you, when, when you google something it'll show you like the rotten tomatoes and the metacritic <laughs> and the imdb and stuff <laughs> <laughs> this one shows you the ebay rating <laughs> nice. ebay rating what does that even mean like it's got a 4.7 out of 5 on ebay <laughs> wow hi that's high <laughs> Also, sixty-six percent okay. on Rotten Tomatoes. Sixty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is under. It's an underrated, underappreciated <laughs> family film from nineteen ninety-two. That I just want to know who else grew up watching this. For one, for two, I want to know who's still loving it. I kind of want to oh. buy it for the children. I just looked it up on Letterboxd, <laughs> and I have I have Great. a couple here. One from Ike Turner, bitch says it's not what you think it is okay i'll tell you it's an erotic thriller that was not the audience uh, i can tell and then uh, a, a guy named asher says um, and i'm assuming he's i'm assuming he's referencing the movie here he says someone telling their friend in a letter that they grew two inches should be a federal sex crime <laughs> <laughs> There's also there's a kid named Elton or Eldon, something like that. Who Elden just Flowers. Up. 
he randomly goes, you got the right one, baby. Like the Pepsi. Are they singing in this? So it's from the Pepsi commercial. Or like when we were kids, remember? For no damn reason. So apparently this is a Christian film that was like the dangers of gangs, like for rural (laughs) kids, for some rural white kids. It was about killing treats from like the old man so-and-so's grocery store. Michael, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked you didn't see this growing up. I may have and, and put it out of my mind. Oh, no. If you saw it growing up, you would not have put it out of your the mind. Buttercream gang. Don't mess with the buttercream gang. <laughs> you don't want none of that. <laughs> I um, am not a person that watches movies over and over again. Like, I have very few that I watch again. Um, but for whatever reason, when we were kids, we watched that tape until it did not work. And did you ever join a gang? I didn't. And worked. I think that's why. Worked. I mean, that's yeah. the only reason that you'd never joined a gang. Yeah. And I, we, I, we have each other. And I feel like if old Widow Jenkins falls down, we're very prepared to help her. Buttercreamer. Yeah. Through and through. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. They say, they say let's buttercream this. They don't do that. Mm-hmm. No. Um, at one point in the pandemic, I got super obsessed with makeup tutorials. Um, like I would hyper focus on makeup. <laughs> and I don't know why, because I've never been like a makeup girl. But one of them was this lady talking about the buttercream gang doing makeup. And I could not stop laughing. It was so nostalgic and great. That's some weird kind of sexual fetish. Y'all are, y'all are missing the point. I don't think we're What's the point? <laughs> I told you it was very clear. They're also obsessed with treats. They talk about treats a lot. <laughs> yeah, treats. That? Hey man, you hey man, how, what kind of treats do you like? No, it really is. And then you got like any treats? You got any treats? treats, man. I love treats. I like Widow Jenkins treats. I don't need drugs because I got treats. Because again, like when uh, my, you know, I, when it, 